Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Folks, we're going on grid. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today, new time, new day, new co-host. We'll recap the Super Bowl. The fantasy baseball season gets underway. But first and foremost, Fantasy Sports Today on this Monday, day after the Super Bowl, starts now. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Second and 10, Garoppolo, shotgun snap from his 25. Five-man rush, winds up, long pass down the middle, leaping attempt, and it's a leaping pickoff, intercepted by Fuller, downfield, near the 42 of Kansas City, and that will shut the door. This Fantasy Sports Today at our new time, 11 a.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and on Sports Grid. I am Craig Mish. And along with Frank Stample for the next two hours, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl with you. We'll kick into the fantasy baseball season. We got Chris Bavona, of course, uh, producing the show. And if you want to hit us up here, it's 844-843-6879. It is great to be back with you. It's the day after the Super Bowl. So, of course, we're going to start to transition over to the baseball season. And I can't wait to do that. And also can't wait to bring in my co-host for this journey of fantasy baseball, fantasy sports, uh, some wagering, everything that we'll get to here of course, on Sports Grid, it's Frank Stamfel, who is in New Jersey at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, Frank, thanks for joining me here on this journey. It's great to have you with me here. What's going on, man? Not much, Craig. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor, privilege to work with you. We've known each other for uh, a few years now. I'd say maybe I was uh, more behind the scenes knowing Craig Mish, but now it's awesome to work together day after the Super Bowl. As you mentioned, a really, really fun Super Bowl all around uh, from the action within the game to the halftime show. I thought the commercials were interesting as well. And, of course, the kickoff of the fantasy baseball season, man. I've already been doing research all the the month of uh, January. I've been trying to beg Greg Sussman to allow me to talk baseball, but uh, he wouldn't. So hopefully you let me talk a little bit more baseball here on this show, Craig. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's debatable. I mean, we, we could have some nice Jonathan Singleton conversations with, uh, with Greg, his old <laughs> favorite uh, fantasy baseball player. But we'll get into that in just a bit. Of course, uh, last night uh, here in South Florida, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, they came back, of course, to win the Super Bowl, to give Andy Reid his first title, to give Patrick Mahomes his first title. And we're going to get into that here on the show. We're also going to have Hall of Famer Jack Youngblood coming up in about 30 minutes. Uh, Jack and I go way back. He went to University of Florida, of course, a Pro Football Hall of Famer, played for the Los Angeles Rams. We'll dive into everything that happened from a professional point of view. Uh, Jack, one of the greatest in the history of the game. But, uh, you know, Frank, this this game kind of uh, hurt me a little bit, I got to say. I backed San Francisco in this one. I felt really good about it (laughs) going into the end. And I feel like the same way I felt like when I took Tennessee, man, the Chiefs just have this knack for coming back. And they did that throughout the playoffs. They did it again to win. Yeah, they did exactly that here in this game, Craig. Ended up winning this one 31-20, obviously the 21 points that they scored in the fourth quarter. Uh, And I said last week that if the Chiefs went down double-digit points at any point in this game, 
that I would be really worried about them coming back because I just thought that the 49ers uh, were much different than the first two teams the Chiefs played in the playoffs in the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. Uh, just with the defense that the 49ers have, I thought Kyle Shanahan would have learned from his mistakes in the past uh, with the Atlanta Falcons when he was the offensive coordinator there. I just thought that he would be more aggressive and the defense as well as it's played all season long with the 49ers. Uh, I just thought that if the Chiefs went down that much in this game, that it would be a much, much tougher task to come back. But uh, like you said, look, they were they were used to doing this all season long, specifically in the postseason. And, uh, you know, why would they change it up yesterday? When you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, uh, I guess anything is possible. And, and again, they proved that. Uh, I got to say, as a Chiefs backer in this game, I was worried. I was worried in that mid-fourth quarter there. I didn't, I didn't know that they were going to be able to pull it off, but uh, ultimately they did, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it here, Craig. Yeah, you should be. Hopefully you uh, can you know, step in during a break and cash a ticket or two. And, of course, throughout the baseball season, we'll be focusing a lot on things that you can do to help uh, in terms of win totals and everything else. But, of course, primarily our focus will be fantasy baseball. Before we get back to the Super Bowl, before we get back to that, let's kick it over to Chris Bavona who has got an update here on everything happening in the world of sports. Chris, take it away. Sports Grid News Update. Thank you, Craig. I will take it over here. Good morning, Mr. Mish. Good morning, Mr. Frank. It is your Sports Grid News Update. Guys, there's really only one thing going on right now. We are still talking a little Super Bowl. After 50 years, the Lombardi Trophy, it returns to Kansas City. The Chiefs come back from 10 points down in the fourth quarter to defeat to defeat the San Francisco 49ers 31-20 and win Super Bowl 54 in Miami, Florida. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes takes game MVP honors thanks to his 286 passing yards, three total touchdowns, one rushing, two in the air. Andy Reid, he gets his first Super Bowl win in his career. And guys, it actually turned out to be his 222nd win over all of his career. It took him 222 wins to finally get that Super Bowl win here, guys. Mahomes also rushed for 29 yards, and we'll get into a little controversy that's surrounding his rushing prop bet. But first, let's go over some of the other stats from this game. Damian Williams gets 17 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. He also had four catches for 29 yards and a score. Tyreek Hill, nine catches for 105 yards. Sammy Watkins, five catches for 98 yards. Travis Kelsey goes six for 43 yards and a touchdown. Now, on the Niners' side, guys, you can't really say Jimmy Garoppolo had a terrible game. He wasn't great, but he did as best as he could. He goes for 20 for 31 for 219 yards, throws a touchdown, two interceptions, one at the end of the game to really seal the deal here. Raheem Mostert rushes for 58 yards on 12 carries. He scores a touchdown. Debo Samuel had three rushes for 53 yards. He also adds five catches for 39 yards. How about this one, guys? Fullback Kyle Jusic Kyle Jus catches for three balls, 39 yards, and a touchdown pass. I want to know, Frank, you're at the sports bet. You're at the sports book. Who had that prop bet, man? Who had that prop bet that he would get a <laughs> touchdown there? And, guys, we were talking about how there was some controversy when it came to a rushing prop here when it came to, when it came to Pat Mahomes. Mahomes rushing over under rushing yards uh, was at about – what was, I, forget, I believe it was 36 and a half yards it, it ended at. Higher than that. Ooh, it was a little higher, bit higher yeah. than that. I think it was about 39 yards. Mahomes had. Why do you have to start off with this already, ruining the day? I mean, <laughs> really? Sorry. I mean, this is the way you want to start? It's <laughs> like the sorry, first prop Craig. I had. Oh, Craig, you know something? I'm gonna, th I'm about to throw it back to you here because, of course, Mahomes had 44 yards I mean, this is a horrible here. update to start our first show, honestly. Oh, like, Craig, I mean, I'm this is, you can just stick it to me right at the top. Uh, you know, I didn't Thanks. mean to stick it to you there, but you know something? The one good thing is that. Uh, 
points bet, they decided to uh, turn. They decided to uh, elected to refund all bets on the Mahomes over 30 and a half rushing yards. Why? Because he took he took a couple of kneel downs at the end of the game oh. where he lost 15 yards, giving him 29 rushing yards. And if you would hit, it, oh man, I'm sorry, Craig. I didn't mean to. Enough. All right. <laughs> Back you to just you. keep sticking the knife in. Do you you know when to stop, Chris? Do you do you, do I need to teach you when to stop after you've beaten me over the head five times Maybe. of the same prop? We get it. We lost. It was bad luck. Move on. The end. Talk to you later. Next hour. Goodbye. Back to you. <laughs> Back to you, Craig well, and you. Frank. Thank you. See, Frank, this is, you know, me and Bavona got off to a rocky start last year. He just likes to punch me in the face over and over again with these losing bets. You know, it's no fun for anyone. It's not even like a, it's not even like a love-hate relationship. It's just a hate-hate relationship when it comes to Bavona and Mishir. Yeah, I mean, look, that's a that's a tough loss there with the Patrick Mahomes rushing prop, man. And well, I think yeah, it it, it ended up getting boosted that high, huh? Did it, it climbed all the way up to thirty six, thirty nine? Because I saw it yesterday. Oh yeah. Uh, when I was oh, doing, yeah. when I saw when I was doing pro football today earlier in the day, it was still at thirty one and a half. So uh, yeah, no, that got boosted no, no, up a no, lot. No, Either no. way. You ended up losing, right? Like if if, if oh, with the kneel downs anyway, but me? damn, losing fifteen you know, yards you know on what? kneel downs. Oh my it's, goodness! It's interesting, Frank. You know, I, you you go back to that prop, and um, you know, I'm I, I really don't like to text during games. Okay, it's not my thing. It's really bad luck for, for anything. You know, now uh, fantasy is a little bit different. I don't feel like you know during during fantasy if things happen you win or lose there's just so much luck involved but when you actually have stake in the game you know and there's there's money involved in it i tend to like want to wait until i see zero 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 and then i'll call bavona and then he can smack me around but in in general this one was painful because i did not even consider that i once it went over i thought oh that's it it's done that's another prop that i won okay great and um no you know, it turned out to be a loss. But I will say this. I, I will say this. Uh, out, of the t- out of the 10 props I gave out on Friday here on the show, I ended up winning seven out of the 10. But it's always, Frank, about the ones you lose, you know? Like, you can't – it's hard to get over the losses. I, who wants to hear about the wins? I want to hear about the losses, you know? That's, that's the way – I don't know. Maybe I'm I, – I feel like I'm a half-full kind of guy, but in this case, half-empty. That was a tough, tough beat. If you want prop losses, then you've come to the right place here, Craig, because uh, while I did have the Chiefs yesterday and that was my biggest wager, uh, I went one for four on the props that I actually bet on. So uh, with the DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet on the over-under fantasy points. So I bet the over mm-hmm. 22.5 for uh, Patrick Mahomes, and that hit, so I didn't have to worry about the rushing yards. Uh, but I figured he would do enough for, uh, with his arm, passing uh, with the yards and, and the touchdowns there as well. Uh, but then I also had the uh, – I was heavy on 49ers props, so I was over over Jimmy Garoppolo uh, passing yards. I was over Garoppolo rushing yards. That was like four and a half. He only he wound up like two. Low, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and then I had uh, George Kittle over 73 and a half, and that wasn't even close yesterday. So, uh, yeah, if you want to talk about prop losses, I'm right there with you, man. Of uh, uh, The 49ers uh, did me pretty dirty in terms of props yesterday, Craig. All right, so uh, when we come back, we'll go over all of those. Um, we'll run down the list of, of the hits and the misses for sure. Speaking of which... Uh, there were some hits and misses, I think, uh, you know, in the midst of the Super Bowl, for those of you who watched it through and through. I missed probably, like, the first, I would say, uh, five minutes of the halftime show, uh, putting my son to bed. Too late for him to be able to stay up for that. But we'll go over that, the ads. What in the world is Tom Brady thinking doing a commercial, you know, promoting his return? Why? I'm not really sure. 
And then uh, what league has the Stones after the game is over to say it's their turn when it's really baseball season? Come on! Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Frank Stample with you. 11 to 1 on the East. If you're listening to the show, do it live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Craig Mish always... In South Florida, Frank Stample at the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey. We're here Monday through Friday from 11 to 1 on the East. Chris Pavone is producing the show. We'll get into some fantasy baseball in a little bit. This show primarily will be about that now that the Super Bowl is over. But, of course, that's what's on everybody's mind today, of course. So uh, before we get into the ads, let me go back and... I, it wasn't a total disaster yesterday. It was not a total disaster. I know it feels like that, but it wasn't, Frank. Okay, so here, here are the props that I gave out Friday. Over on the rushing yards, Patrick Mahomes, 37 and a half. It was uh, minus 110, as Chris uh, so eloquently mentioned over and over again, that was a loss. Uh, how about this one? Total sacks in the game, four and a half, under, minus 110, winner. Jimmy Garoppolo, total completions, 19 and a half, over minus 120, that was a winner. Debo Samuel receiving yards, 55.5, under 110. That was a winner. 49ers total penalties, 5.5, under minus 110. Chiefs total penalties, under 6.5, minus 120. And uh, I told people if you can't get either of the individuals, bet uh, the total of 13 or 12.5 under. That was a winner. Damian Williams rushing yards, 54.5 under. A big loser. Big loser on that one. I did not see that. <laughs> Uh, first half uh, total under 27, minus 120. Winner, easiest one, honestly, that I found. Raheem Mostert receptions, two and a half under, minus 140. Easy winner. And then uh, the 10th one, Frank, was total points scored in the game. That was a dart throw, honestly. Uh, between 57 and 63 points at 4-1. to one. Most places had it at 3-1, to one, and that was a loser. So 7-3 and three overall, not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. And, uh, you know, in hindsight, I think a lot of those uh, made a lot of sense, uh, especially with the penalties, right? These are two of the, uh, well, uh, better coached teams in the NFL. So uh, uh, that's, that's a great call there for you, Craig. Uh, and, you know, last week, uh, Greg and I were talking about uh, the coin flip and, and the Gatorade. And uh, actually, we were on, we were on tails. Uh, we were on tails for the coin toss. Uh, so that came through. 
I actually brought up the possibility of the orange Gatorade because that had hit four of the last ten Super Bowls heading into yesterday. And I know there was a lot of talk about purple, and that you know the odds on that got boosted up crazy. I saw yesterday that was going off at minus money at one point, so that was a huge favorite. Uh, but I actually brought up the possibility of orange Gatorade, and orange Gatorade hit yesterday too. So I'm I'm not sure how much you dive into like the novelty props, but uh, we actually spoke no. about those last week, and they came to fruition. So how about that? Novelty props here in the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, I got to tell you, it was a great Super Bowl. Uh, had a lot of fun watching it. And there's no doubt that, um, you know, I wish that the uh, 49ers would have won. Didn't happen for me. Um, okay. Let's let's uh, let's dive in a little bit more here to some of the things, Frank, I want your opinion on. Uh, the Super Bowl ads, I think, as a whole were disappointing. I, I thought my favorite one was Bill Murray being back in Groundhog Day. That was really good. And I'm not really sure what happened with Mr. Peanut. And all week long they were saying there was no more Mr. <laughs> Peanut, and now Mr. Peanut is back alive again. So if you would care to explain that one. Yeah, so I think there was an ad last week where uh, Mr. Peanut kind of fell off of a cliff and he landed on his uh, his vehicle, and then the vehicle exploded. So uh, if you had any... You know, uh, if you were wondering if he survived the fall, uh, his car then exploded while he was laying on top of it. So uh, there was this whole ad thing where, like, he, I guess, perished. Uh, and it was like, rest in peace, Mr. Peanut. Uh, and then yesterday, with the help of the Kool-Aid Man, the tears of the Kool-Aid Man, uh, that helped revive the Mr. Peanut into uh, hashtag baby nut. And to me, that's just, they're kind of, you know, biting off baby Yoda and they're trying to create some kind of uh, competition there. Uh, who's the cutest baby Yoda, baby nut, whatever it might be. Uh, but that's what I saw uh, a bunch of Twitter talking about last night. Uh, so I think that's what they were going for. They're trying to make their own version of baby Yoda, whatever uh, that might be. I haven't watched the Mandalorian yet. I know some people are probably going to crush me for that. I have. Uh, but I yeah. do know of the phenomenon that is uh, baby Yoda and why it's, you know, as popular as it is right now so i think that's what they were going for with the uh, with the baby nut yesterday craig yeah okay all right well listen I, that's you know frank that's you know one of the things that i'm going to be counting on you for is a little of this <laughs> pop culture stuff you know because uh you know frank by the way and i this is the first show that we've ever done together in full and uh frank texts me uh last night at like 12 o'clock what he's going to learn real fast is that having two kids unless that there was some sort of major event. And by the way, the college football championship, I think, did go to like 1 in the morning, so I was up for that. But once it's done, uh, what Frank needs to know about me is that it's over. So basically, it's a quick uh, catch curb your enthusiasm, go back, watch that, and then done. And that's it. So 12 o'clock, the, the odds of me being up past 12, unless that there was something major going on, is extremely slim. Now, but Frank, you know, the that's thing fine. is, is that uh, when you have kids, you'll realize that, that like you're, you're done. Are you working on that? Are you are you working on kids yet? Or are you not? Are you not quite there? Whoa, 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 Craig. I mean, <laughs> I'm engaged right now. We're uh, we're currently planning the wedding, but uh, I wouldn't say that we're currently working on any kids. Nowhere near that. I, I don't even know if that's like a possibility in the future. Uh, the closest thing I'll go I'll have to kids is you know maybe a baby Yoda doll in my in my house or something like that. But uh, yeah. I'm usually uh, the night owl. I'll stay up late, and, and you know, I guess you're uh, you're kind of similar to to Greg Sussman in that regard as well. Because whenever I text Greg late at night, he's usually in bed by 11 o'clock as well. He's got his pajamas on, so uh, uh, I'm kind of used to that by now. My co-host not staying up late, so I'm more of the okay. night owl. It's hard for me to get out of bed. I know you texted me that you were up early today uh, to help your kids get ready for school. Uh, so God I'm bless you day, for yeah. getting up that early. 
uh, it's hard for me to just even roll out of bed at like 7.45, 8 a.m. So uh, I prefer to live, uh, live life dangerously in that regard. I like staying up late, okay. waking, up, waking up late as well. Okay. Craig. Well, then good. Then all the things that happen after midnight, Frank can chime in on. And all the things that happen before 8 a.m., that'll be, that'll be my category here. And then uh, all the bets that we lose, that'll be Chris Pavona's job to let us know on that. All right, uh, the halftime show. Uh, okay, so Shakira and Jennifer Lopez, both not from South Florida, but it had a good South Florida feel. What happens inevitably every year, Frank, with the halftime show is this. It's so predictable. Just rewind, just save this audio and just play it back next year. Half the people are going to love it, half the people are going to hate it, and everyone is going to be complaining about it. It's the same exact thing every year. Wherever you have the Super Bowl city, the media and the people that are there end up loving it, and the people that are not there end up hating it. It's, it's, it's pretty much cut and dry for me at this point. I got no problem with it. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, I mean, I, I, what, for whatever I saw, usually I take a break at the halftime show. I've been to five Super Bowls. Uh, Prince was the best one that I had ever seen, like people have said. But normally, if I'm not at the game, I don't watch it. And so uh, I chose to because it was here in South Florida. I knew we'd be talking about it today. But unfortunately, I'm not coming in with Mr. Hot Take Strong Opinion on the Super Bowl halftime show. I thought it was good. Great. Fine. The end. First of all, I agree with you, right? Like, no matter what you do, people are you're always going to find people who didn't like something about it. But to those people, I ask, what didn't you like? I mean, there was something for everybody there, right? Like, you know, if you are, uh, you know, a female watching, you know, if, if your wife or, or daughter or whoever's watching, right, uh, you know, you get two attractive females that are good dancers. They're entertaining. They, I thought they did a good job last night. They, you know, pop, they have popular music. So you entertain that side of the crowd. And then obviously, I mean, football is, you know, the demographic. It is what it is. It's, you know, it's a very male-dominated demographic. Obviously, guys are going to love it too, right? Like, who doesn't love watching Shakira shake all up on stage? And then you have Jennifer Lopez, you know, sliding down stripper poles. It was, it was the only place where you can find stripper poles and children's choirs, you know, in the same place. Last night's halftime Fair. show. So I actually was really entertained by it. Uh, and I, I do, I, for the people who are complaining, I will pose the question, why? What are you complaining about? There was... There was a little bit of something for everyone, so I was thoroughly entertained. And uh, throughout the course of it, you know, I'm yelling at the screen, wondering why can't we get Metallica, Craig? That's something you will learn about me. Is uh, I'm a huge Metallica freak, and uh, why hasn't okay. that happened yet? As much as I love Shakira and J Lo, I'm lobbying for Metallica. Yeah, I don't know, Frank. I mean, I think that seems like a little bit of a long shot. You know, I, I think that you have a better chance of of having the Super Bowl in Jacksonville again than you do having Metallica. Right. There, the, I guess Metallica is not show. poppy enough. You know. Yeah, you know, no. it's it's not for everyone, right? So it's they gotta it, it's it's always you know one of these pop artists. It's gonna be like the Bruno Mars is. It's gonna be Shakira, J Lo. I get it. it. Is it is what it is. But I actually thought this one was really good, and I I thought there was something uh, for everybody involved. So I don't really know what people yeah, are complaining fine. about. I mean, what are the complaints that you've seen here, Craig? Oh, just people. I don't know. It, I I think people find ways on social media to complain about things that just don't even matter. Like I, I mean, who cares? Like it was fine for thirty minutes. It filled the time. Uh, yeah. Look, you know, I, I, this reminds me of when the Black Eyed Peas played halftime. I remember social media at that time. I mean, this goes back probably I don't know seven eight years, something maybe even further than that. But I remember it was like every comment, one was, it was great, one it was terrible. One it was great, it was terrible. It was great, it was terrible. It's like universally, unless you have Prince or unless you have like like an iconic group, U2, I guess, Bruce Springsteen, I don't know, come up with any icon, no one's going to have a problem with that. But if it's anything different off the cuff, I guess people do. 
Speaking of which, Frank, uh, Tom Brady, what was this about? I, I don't get – now, he tweets out, uh, you know, a kind of a cryptic picture of him in Gillette Stadium. We can't figure out if he's walking one way or the other. It turns out this was all an ad, man. It was all just basically to get attention for Hulu. Great job. Did it. But then to, on an ad, say that you're coming back to play? Wow, that was surprising. Yeah, right. He does it on a Hulu ad, of all things, right? And uh, it doesn't surprise me that he tweets out the picture the other day so that, you know, he can have the attention on himself, uh, you know, not when we should be talking about the Chiefs and the 49ers uh, because Tom Brady and the Patriots, you know, they can't stand to not have people talking about them. Uh yeah, I guess it is surprising that he announced it uh, in this way. My next question was, you know, he says he's coming back. Does that mean he's uh, returning to football or is he returning to the Patriots, right? So yeah, uh, I guess that know. kind of leaves uh, that open for discussion as well. Uh, and we'll find out in the next coming days because we keep hearing about the Raiders, the Chargers, the possibilities for Tom Brady. Uh, personally, I think he winds up back with New England. I do too. And with that, we'll take a quick timeout on Fantasy Sports today. And we'll come back next and be joined by Hall of Famer Jack Youngblood who is uh, here in South Florida for the Super Bowl. We'll get his thoughts next. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish along with Frank Stanford here on the show. And as always, honored to catch up with Pro Football Hall of Famer Jack Youngblood. Played, of course, in the Super Bowl. Was here in South Florida for the week and... Had a chance to catch some of the festivities and, of course, the game yesterday. Who better to check in uh, on a Super Bowl than with uh, former Gator, uh, my alumni brother, Jack Youngblood. Jack, thanks for coming on the show. Craig and Frank, how are you? Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, so, Jack, first of all, your thoughts uh, last night. I thought a pretty entertaining game. I thought uh, South Florida once again did a, a pretty good job. Uh, love to get your thoughts on how that game played out yesterday. Well, very interesting, I thought. Uh, you know, the, the game, the game didn't, I, I thought it was going to be, you know, 45, 45, you know, 57 or something, you know, like a basketball game, but it, it, it was much more reserved and uh, they, they weren't running the ball very well. Uh, but, but I really appreciated the, uh, the, the perspective of, of what, Mahomes did in that in that fourth quarter. I mean, he just he was he was cool. He didn't get you know, uh, he, he didn't get you know uh, upset with the way the way things were going. And he just said, "All right, we're going to go do this thing. We're going to win this ball game." And uh, he went down and, and uh, found Kelsey a couple of times and and turned that game around. 
Uh, Jack, you, of course, played in a very key Super Bowl uh, against the Steelers. I, I, you know, I, I think that there may be some comparisons a little bit in that game. I mean, some magical plays were made by the Steelers to beat you in the Super Bowl uh, 30 years ago. And I think that Mahomes made some magical plays to come back and, and inevitably take care of business against the 49ers. Do you think that the 49ers, uh, Jack, were, were too conservative at any point in that game? Should they have tried to put their foot down a little bit more? Or do you simply think that we just saw greatness last night? I, I think Andy had a game plan that, uh, you know, that took away the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the game plan that 49ers had. And, you know, it, it really was a, was a, you know, astonishing, astonishing the way he, you know, they delivered that and started controlling the line of scrimmage and, and took the, took the ball away from them. Hey, Jack, Frank Sample here. I uh, wanted to ask you about Patrick Mahomes. It's so early in his career. He's just 24 years old, but look at what he's accomplished so far. You know, league MVP last season, Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl MVP last night. He threw for 5,000 yards and five touchdowns in 2018 as well. I just wanted to ask you, from a pure talent perspective at the quarterback position, where does Mahomes rank amongst the quarterbacks that you've watched and played against in your life? I'll put it this way. I would not like to have to. I would not like to play against him. <laughs> he, he's a he's a handful. I mean, if he if he if he doesn't beat you with his arm, he'll beat you with his legs. And 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 I I love the way he is so cool, and uh, and it doesn't get doesn't get rattled by anything out there. I mean, he throws two two interceptions and. Comes back on the on the sideline and says, "All right, boys, let's we, let's go, let's go again." I mean that 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 shows he's he's probably the best quarterback on in the league right now. We're joined by Jack Youngblood, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, Jack, the other thing that transpired uh, last night on the field is something that we don't get to see very often. And, you know, you, in my mind, of course, I'm biased because you're a Gator, but you, to me, were one of the best uh, of all time on the defensive side of the field. They did honor the top 100 players in the history of the league at all of their positions. Um, What was it like for you uh, watching that on television? Or I don't know if you were at the game, but watching that to see all of those legends on one field last night. That, that That was awfully cool. It really was, uh, and I'm, I'm proud of every one of those guys, uh, and they, they, they certainly deserve that recognition of being, being the foundation of, of, of this league. Jack, I wanted to ask you about the 49ers last night. They end their season with four, uh, 61 total sacks, including 13 in the playoffs alone. I mean, here's someone uh, who knows something or, or two about uh, getting sacks and getting after the quarterback. This pass rush and, and this defense for the San Francisco 49ers was spectacular all season long. I wanted to ask you, I mean, where do you think the 49ers go from here? What do they need to improve on? I mean, was it just, you know, that they, they ran into the, the wrong team at the wrong time? Because it seems like they've got everything right now they seem like a complete team i'm just wondering where do they improve well i i think they they just need to continue doing what they what they're doing and 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 crank it up maybe a notch or two and uh they, they've, they've got great talent that bows uh kid can 
I mean, he comes off the edge, and he's he's a handful over there. Uh, you got to you got to put most most of the time you got to put two people on it, and that uh, that changes the way you control the line of scrimmage. But that's that's what the, the what's so important about uh, a player like that is that you know you you're controlling you're trying to control that line of scrimmage, and that's what they 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 do it pretty good. We're talking to Pro Football Hall of Famer Jack Youngblood, of course, uh, played with the Los Angeles Rams. And, and Jack, kind of a wild emotion as we, uh, as we look to the future of the NFL. And I know that you have still very strong affiliation with the Rams. They go from L.A., they go to St. Louis, and now they're back in L.A. again and, uh, and sharing a stadium, at least as it appears, with the, uh, with the Chargers coming up here very soon. Um, I, I'm sure you still communicate with the organization and, and understand what their plan is. Do you think that there's a strong future for the Rams in L.A.? Oh, absolutely. The the the, uh, uh, the, the L.A. Uh, fans are going are are going to really appreciate what uh, what that stadium is like, and I think it's you know I I don't understand that bringing in another another team uh, totally, but. Uh, I, I think it will work out okay. I think it's, it, it, maybe it's just you know a, a rent thing. It's about it's about renting out. You know, I, I'm building this multi-million dollar, billion dollar stadium, and I think he's making Jerry Jones. Uh, I think he's making him want to want to change up what he's got there in Texas. Improve upon that. <laughs> Jack, I want to ask you. Uh, I want to stick with the Rams here and ask you about Jared Goff. We saw him regress this past season. Uh, do you think that was because of the the offensive line, the lack of talent there? I know they had some injuries. They lost a few players in free agency last year uh, on that offensive line. Uh, and it's it, it's interesting that we're talking about the Super Bowl from last night, but in a, a year ago, around this time, uh, it was Bill Belichick who really kind of I guess figured out the Sean McVay offense and. and that helped defenses this season kind of game plan against that Rams offense. So uh, what do you think happened overall with this Rams offense this past season and, and the regression of Jared Goff? Well, I, you know, he, Jared, Jared lost a couple of his, uh, of his, you know, big assets. You know, when you can't, when you can't run the ball like you, like you want to and control that line of scrimmage, it, uh, it, it, it takes away from the game plan. And put you in, in a in a you know a single action type of a, of a uh, skill. So I, I think what they have to do is is start again and 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 pick up some more uh, some more offensive linemen that can that can pr- protect that quarterback so he has the time to find the receivers down the field. All right, let's uh, wrap it up with uh, Jack Youngblood, Pro Football Hall of Famer, College Football Hall of Famer. Uh, Jack, uh, you're alumni of, of course, the Florida Gators, arguably one of the best college football players of all time. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about the way things are headed, uh, no doubt, Jack, with, with the University of Florida. Man, Dan Mullen, it seems like he's turned that thing around pretty quickly. Amen. <laughs> I do, too. And uh, the thing the thing that I really like about what Dan's doing is that he's He's recruiting players that have talent and character, and that's that's a that's a big issue, I believe in in, in college football today. You got to have you got to have some some character along with the, the ability to to be an athlete. 
All right, Jack, thanks again. Great seeing you here in uh, South Florida in Miami. And, of course, uh, if there's a Super Bowl, uh, you know, legendary team, I would hope to see you on it for all the great things you accomplished on the field. Always good catching up with you, my friend. Be well, okay? Take care. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Jack Youngblood, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Frank, you know, it's interesting when you look at, you mentioned the uh, Rams, Frank. Um, man, like uh, the defensive performance for three and a half quarters was exactly what you would have thought it was. If you went into that game as, as a uh, 49ers backer and you thought that that was the score with six minutes to go, you'd have taken it all day. Yeah, absolutely. Again, the 49ers defense, they came to play yesterday and for the most part, you know, uh they 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 limited the Chiefs, but again, it's, you know, when you have a transcendent player like Patrick Mahomes and it's not just Mahomes, it's it's the players that he's surrounded with. You know, Craig, it's just so much speed and the elite playmaking ability from Travis Kelsey and now, you know, Damian Williams is out here running for 100 yards against that 49ers defense. So it's they have so many different ways that they can beat you. Uh but I agree. Uh you know, if you told the 49ers fan or a 49ers back uh, entering the game that, you know, that would be the score at that point in the game. I, I think that, you know, most people would have signed up for that and they would have been pretty damn happy and excited uh, to have backed the 49ers at that point. But uh, it just goes back to what the, the Chiefs were doing uh, all postseason long and that's uh, coming back and, and, and winning, um, you know, all these games in spectacular fashion the way that they did it, Craig. Yep. And, uh, you know, listen, my thinking on this was that San Francisco of any team in the NFL had basically played more close games than any of the others. Now, look, Kansas City came back to win a lot of games. They weren't particularly close in the end, like particularly against Houston. But, man, San Francisco played against New Orleans. Um, a lot of close games throughout and ended up pulling them out. They weren't able to do it yesterday. We'll come back and wrap up the first hour of fantasy sports today and then hit on some fantasy baseball in hour number two. Craig Mish, Frank Stamfel, along with Chris Pavona. We'll be back right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish along with Frank Stanford. This is the first show Frank and I have ever done together, I think, for two hours straight. I, I mean, didn't we do some other stuff? For you? I know you came on as a guest on Fantasy Sports Today in the summer with me. Is this the first time that we've ever done like two full hour broadcasts? I, I can't recall. Is it true? Not true? I believe this is the first time we're doing two hours together. I know uh, when we introduced you to uh, the Sports Grid Network, I had you on the BFFs. We did an hour show together. We had you That's on Skype there. Uh, yes. But I don't think we've ever done two hours uh, together before. But here we are. It's flying by here the day after the Super Bowl, Craig. Now, now before we go any further, like I'm, I'm a little jealous. Now, look, I definitely – okay, let's go through this. Uh, Craig uh, Mission, South Florida, Frank Stanfield at the FanDuel Sportsbook. So for those of you who are closing your eyes and thinking, like, where are these guys doing the and, – and by the way, most radio shows these days and most television shows, as most people know, 
do not have the pleasure of always having like you do with the BFFs, with you and Greg sitting right next to each other. Although I will say I was watching on television and Greg just got up out of nowhere on the on the broadcast last week and walked off the set. I don't know what happened there. You guys must have had a fight. I'm uh, I'm not really sure, but I was tuning in and I and I called. Yeah, it. he likes to do stuff um, like that. Okay, so. <laughs> Okay, yeah, he just, like, left. He just, like, bailed. He's just, like, gone. I'm like, okay, something must have happened here. Anyway, sidetracked. So I have the advantage of being in South Florida. That's true. I have the advantage of the gorgeous weather today. We're looking at, like, 66 and beautiful sunny day, even coming after a Super Bowl. Yes, I have that advantage. But you, Frank, have the advantage of being there today in what I know in now this is Las Vegas I know exactly how it goes but what is the scene like at the sports book today because normally in Vegas with the amount of people that are there it's just constant lines of people cashing their tickets today is the same thing in Jersey today or is, or or what's the scene there you know, Craig, we might have had a lot of uh, 49ers backers here or, or potentially uh, Patrick Mahomes over rushing prop backers here because uh, I don't see anyone. <laughs> There's no one cashing tickets here. Uh, so we might have had a lot of people Ouch. on the 49ers, a lot of people on the over for the pa- uh, for the Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. Uh, we do have one gentleman here uh, waiting for the ponies to get going. Uh, but outside of that, uh, uh. We, don't, we don't have anyone cashing tickets here yet. Uh, I do have a few tickets myself that I'll have to cash. Uh, so maybe I can get Window Will to go run and uh, make that happen throughout one of these breaks or, or potentially once we end the broadcast. But uh, outside of that, there's not a lot of winners here today, Craig. Not that I'm seeing. Okay. All right. Well, look, I mean, it's still early in the day. We'll see. But I know that this is a big day for Vegas for you know people along lines of of cashing all the tickets. Well, look, maybe based on that, uh, a new sports book will be built based on the losers there uh, in in New Jersey. Could be a possibility. <laughs> all right. So 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 coming co- coming out of the game yesterday, the, the one thing that we try to do is we try to take reality and turn it into fantasy. And I know that there's always this recency bias, Frank, where we watch the Super Bowl and there's no game the week before. And most of the teams, think about it, haven't played in a month, right? Like most NFL teams haven't played in a month. So the last thing that we had a chance to see was was Patrick Mahomes in the game and, and taking his team back to win. Um, when we go into 2020's fantasy football season, six months from now, and as we kind of tie a bow on the fantasy football season, because rest assured, for those of you who are listening – the, the football talk is is basically done after today. Do, is there any possibility that that people will consider taking Mahomes over Lamar Jackson and forget about the great season that Lamar Jackson had in fantasy? Because that was a historical season with rushing and passing. But we have we, we tend to be prisoners of the moment and live in this world of what just happened in the last 24 hours. It, it won't happen for me. I've seen this play out before. I still think... Lamar Jackson with the amount of rushing yards he has, but there are going to be some people that are going to look and look at a Super Bowl ring and think that that's better than the stats. I don't think so. How about you? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I've already talked to a, a few of my buddies last night. We were uh, already talking about some fantasy football rankings for next year, and uh, a couple of my friends said, uh, yeah, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson, and I'm with you, Craig. I had to remind these guys. I, I know that Lamar Jackson lost in the playoffs, but did we really already forget what he just did? I mean, he just broke fantasy football. He is a QB1 and an RB1 intertwined 
combined into one player. It, it's insane. I mean, someone that can rush for over 1,100 uh, rushing yards and, and then everything he obviously uh, does with his arm, even if he regresses a little bit as a passer next year because, I mean, the level of efficiency that he played with this season, I don't know that we can expect that again and expect him to throw for you know, 30, 35-plus touchdowns uh, once again. But even if he regresses a little bit, he was so much better than, than the next best quarterback from a fantasy perspective that I would still rank him as the QB one. And, you know, you might get a little bit of value on Patrick Mahomes because, you know, come next year, people are going to look at his overall statistics and maybe forget that, you know, he was banged up and the second half of the season, he really didn't have his legs under him until we got to the playoffs. Um, But I do think that there's going to be some value there with Patrick Mahomes. But me personally, I'm with you on uh, I would still take Lamar Jackson over Mahomes, but I can tell you for sure, for certain, that there will be fantasy players that that rank Patrick Mahomes ahead of Lamar Jackson next season, and I think that is the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that you, you can't live in these sort of moments. But speaking of which, uh, Raheem Mostert, let, let's focus on him here for a minute because going into this year's fantasy season and even going into the reality season with the 49ers, uh, he had a nice run last year before he broke his arm, but he wasn't really thought of as much, more or less an RB2 or RB3 I didn't, did you see Brita even on the field other than special teams last night? I, didn't, I don't think that I even saw him play at all. Maybe I, I missed it. But um, going into next year, my guess is that uh, Brita's back. My guess is Coleman is gone, maybe. Coleman is gone. But the, the thing that was really perplexing to me, I don't think it had a huge factor in the outcome of the game. What was going to happen was going to happen uh, with the Chiefs coming back regardless. But, Frank, uh, Mostert wasn't even on the field for some of the first quarter. It was a lot of Coleman. And, by the way, Coleman looked okay to start off the game. But he is an interesting name, I think, going into next year because regardless of who the running back is in San Francisco, I think that you probably want to have shares of that because even when Jeff Wilson got carries earlier in the year, he looked good too. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, I I guess that they could cut Tevin Coleman. I know that he's still under contract. I would have to look into you know how much dead money they they'd have to take on there uh, if they do cut Tevin Coleman. But you know what's crazy, and you and you know most people might not even realize this, Craig, is that Tevin Coleman's actually younger than Raheem Mostert which is crazy because I just looked it up right now, and he's one year younger. Tevin Coleman is still 26 years old, uh, and I think with Kyle Shanahan, he wants to have that running back by committee where you know he can kind of go with that hot hand approach. He can you know have uh, different running backs that do different things for him, whether it's you know one guy that's between the 20s, one guy they use in the red zone, one guy they use as a pass catcher. So I, I think ultimately he doesn't care about fantasy football, uh, and he's trying to find a way to uh, put the 49ers in the best position to succeed which is the worst thing possible for us to hear as fantasy football players. Uh, But I do think that it's going to be a committee approach uh, once again. Uh, And trying to figure that out is going to be one of the more daunting tasks throughout the summer because I think Raheem Mostert showed us something for sure. Like the talent is there. The explosiveness has been there. He just never was given an opportunity. Uh, But we saw this year when given that opportunity, even if it's only, you know, 12 to 15 touches a game, Raheem Mostert can provide RB2 value. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But personally, I think... Uh, I think they roll with a running back by committee once again in 2020, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, it'll make it tough in PPR leagues because Brita has been so successful, and I'm I'm really sad to see him not a part of their game plan. He was uh, two years ago. One of the big reasons why I had a really good fantasy season was picking him up very late for sure. Uh, Frank, was there any other kind of like prisoner of the moment takeaways from that game for you last night? Like anything as an individual from a fantasy perspective or reality perspective that – 
you think that could influence the the ADP and the NFFC or anywhere else next year? Yeah, I think Damian Williams, man. That's the one that really stands out to me. 17 carries, 104 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Obviously, uh, he put the game on ice there with a 38-yard uh, scamper into the end zone there. But what he can do when healthy – you just want whoever's the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what it comes down to. This offense is so dynamic. And we've seen now when Damian Williams is healthy and they've leaned on him two postseasons in a row now, this is the last thing that we're going to be reminded of. Kind of what you brought up with uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. People might remember the last thing we see is uh, is Patrick Mahomes hoisting uh, the trophy, hoisting the Super Bowl trophy. And I think that's going to be similar for Damian Williams. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what the Chiefs also do in the offseason? Do they bring in another running back? Do they try to bring in one of these big names, trade for a Le'Veon Bell or a David Johnson or uh, you know, potentially sign one of these running backs that's available like a Kenyon Drake? Uh, but they just drafted Darwin Thompson this past season, so you know, I think that they like him. I don't think they're going to give up on him yet, but if Damian Williams is the starter and he's good to go heading into next season, I can see people being suckered in once again to Damian Williams for, you know, honestly, all the reasons why we were suckered into him this year. And if you remember, he was a second-round pick. He was going really early in fantasy drafts, so uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think people want shares of this offense, and, and again, uh, what we just saw Damian Williams do, I think that's going to push him up draft boards once again here, Craig. Yeah, I, I was not impressed with Darwin Thompson on the field at all at any point this year. I know that that's probably not fair because it was a very small sample, but he did not look sharp. There were plays in the game against Tennessee where he was trying to jump over the defender for no reason. Uh, I was in on him and drafted him very late as a handcuff, and and maybe I'm that's my bitterness coming out because I didn't get a chance to use him at all, even with Damian going down and Daryl playing and McCoy playing, but... Uh, I probably won't be back in on uh, on Darwin Thompson, although they did show a lot of faith in him. They used him at the goal line, even in the Super Bowl. But I just, for some reason, I'm not all that impressed with him. All right, uh, here's what we're going to do. We got a, uh, a timeout here at the top of the hour. So the first hour of our show is done. Go figure that. If you're listening live, that's very cool. But don't forget, on demand, you can download the show by listening to us on the app called Stitcher, which is a great podcast app, as well as iTunes, Google Play, or Android. Those are other ways that you can hear the show if you're not listening live. Many people listen on demand now, and Frank and I are going to deliver a lot of content for you, interviews with people in the game, outside of the game. Uh, What I like to say is the shows that I host bring uh, reality to fantasy or fantasy to reality. And so hopefully we'll be able to do that for you throughout the season. And spring training is on deck in less than a week from now. Okay, we'll be back with more coming up. We kick in some fantasy baseball talk. Mookie Betts, is he headed out of Boston? That and a whole lot more. Craig Mish, Frank Stample, Fantasy Fantasy Sports Today. I just lost my uh, footing there. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.